This is Rugger Matrix America. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Alex Goff from Goff Rugby Report. Uh, coming to you with another show from Rugger Matrix America, brought to you by Eagle Impact Rugby Academy, uh, where uh, you know we've been seeing an awful lot of very talented young players train and get themselves ready and uh, win some rugby games, which is fun. And we are joined, as always, almost always, by Pat Clifton and Bruce McLean and... Guys, we want to talk about the Olympics because the Olympics are right around the corner. And I don't know, first of all, tell me, pre-rugby, was Olympics time something that you were excited about? For me, yes. I've always gotten excited about the Olympics. I, it's the only time of the year or ever that I care about some of these sports. You couldn't pay me to watch gymnastics and swimming at other times, but for whatever reason, you know, my blind patriotism, whatever, I get excited for the Olympics. Um, always have. Uh, I will say, and then, you know, not to derail the topic, but, you know, I just watched Real Sports with Brian Gumbel and, and talking about the horrendous atrocities around the Olympics and the IOC being as crooked as FIFA ever was. And so that's pretty depressing. And it seems to be a story that's more on the forefront. So I got to say, if rugby wasn't in it this year, I'd probably be less excited but nonetheless uh, i get swept up in it just like everybody else i think do you watch sports that you played like i played water polo and i'll watch water polo and you know there was something all about they, they were promoting that and saying you know there's a whole game that goes under the surface of the water and they're kicking each other and kneeing each other in the testicles and all that stuff and that's exactly what the game is like um and and knowing that you know watching it you know you sort of sort of get interested in it but um I was time, an water, water polo Bartle. not exactly a great TV sport. So, I was an Atro Bartle Boy Scout camp multi-time water polo champion goalie. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I do watch a little bit of water polo. Excellent, excellent goalie. That's great. And wrestling? Uh, no? I yeah, I'll watch it. I mean, absolutely. I mean, Rulon Gardner is definitely grew up idolizing that guy. That's a pretty cool moment for the Olympics when he won. Yeah, yeah. So, Pat. I mean, sorry, but that was Pat. Bruce, do you do you uh, you get excited about the Olympics? I don't get excited about it because I don't necessarily get excited about uh, nation states having war through sports. So <laughs> in, uh, you know, I don't, I don't believe in in nation states having wars anyway. Never mind having wars through sports. You know, watch rugby being sports. the exception. Well, yeah. rugby test matches. It seems like that would. Be I would. Exactly I would. It, much, yeah. I would much rather. I wish that they would just pay people and play the best rugby they can wherever it is, and whoever the best players are, have them play. And you know, international rugby is is uh, is good, but I think that you know, certain Fijian, Samoan, Tongan players who either get poached by other teams, it, it, it's. You know, international rugby isn't necessarily international rugby. It's who who could get these, who could poach from uh, nations that don't have money faster than other people, and get them on a three-year status and put them in the team. And that's you know, I, I, that's it's not homegrown talent or any of this crap. It, it's you know, let's get as many foreigners as we can, and they're all guilty of it. So. I would much rather just see something like Major League Baseball or football or basketball or something like that. That's just my personal take on it. Um, I enjoy international rugby for what it's worth. 
But I also enjoy Super Rugby. I enjoy Heineken Cup Rugby. And, you know, I, I do enjoy Premiership Rugby at times, Top 14 Rugby at times. And, but, I, I you know, I, I enjoy the game of rugby. I'll watch the Olympics to watch different games. It's not a point in viewing for me. I don't care. Uh, I, but I enjoy watching all the sports. I think that the athletes and the commitment they've made and their commitment to excellence and all that is fantastic. But the whole, you know, wrapping it up in the flag and all this, that's all complete nonsense to me. And, uh, I think, you know, I, I think also, um, and I've, I've seen this again on social media, a lot of people are very frustrated with the NBC coverage. And this has been going on for some time. NBC covers the Olympics as if we only care about the United States only. Um, you know, w- that we'll want to sit and, and, and watch the United States basketball team beat Angola by 142 points because it's USA, USA. Um, I... I grew up watching the BBC cover uh, the Olympics, and because at the time, Great Britain was hopeless, uh, 1976, they won one gold medal um, in David Wilkie in the 200-meter uh, breaststroke, I believe. You know, that wasn't exactly a sexy event. Um, they, they told you about a lot of people, and they, they celebrated a lot of... Uh, um, exciting athletes no matter where they were from and i kind of like that um and and we don't see that so much and and there's you know nbc's coverage the the number of hours they're putting into it is just phenomenal and i'm pretty excited to see that rugby is not just relegated to live streaming but will be on uh an amalgamation of um uh cnbc and uh NBC Sports and the USA Network, and there may be another one in there as well. Uh, but you know, uh, they're making you switch around to find it. But if you, at least, if I'm looking on my uh, my TV guide, it tells me when rugby's being played, on on what little three hour segment is being played, and you know that's better than they used to do. Um, so it's uh, it's good. I enjoy it, but. The other thing about it, about the Olympics, is like like you mentioned about FIFA, Pat. What is it doing in Rio de Janeiro? I mean, really, in terms of infrastructure, what 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 are they doing there? I mean, we know. I mean, we know that it probably should be in a rotation between like Sydney, London, Atlanta, and maybe a couple of other cities, and that's pretty much it. There's 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 no reason other than to you know throw some bone to some somebody. Uh, to have it in one of these places where, you know, it's it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary the idea of what's how the athletes feel and how the fans feel going to Rio. Well, that's the trouble that they're having now. I mean, like they're having the Winter Olympics in Beijing, which is not a uh, wintry place because nobody else wanted the dang thing. <laughs> so they're they're finding that you know Russia and China, these um, these dictators states. Uh, who still you do the propaganda thing pretty heavy-handed um, will use the Olympics uh, to their advantage, and, and they're happy to host it. And, and you know it'll go off right because, well, if it doesn't, you do something wrong, you'll get shot in the head in the process. So uh, that's what's happening. And, and Brazil, it seems pretty clear from what I've been able to gather, they outbid everybody for it. Well, and uh, yeah, now and, people and, will be and, swimming and, and sailing in sewage. In, yeah, exactly. In one sense, it seems great. You know, it's it seems like a fun 
country in some ways to visit. I've never been there. Uh, there are a lot of people there, so uh, you would think that they would get a lot of people going to see it, uh, except that nobody can afford the tickets. Um, and I don't know. I mean, Russia, Russia seems to get, is getting everything. They get the soccer World Cup. They got the Rugby Sevens World Cup. They had no business getting that. Nobody went to it. Uh, the, the Winter Olympics was really dodgy. Uh, so, uh, but they're getting the soccer <laughs> one as well. So. Here's something that flabbergasted me. They had the soccer, Brazil had the soccer Olympics two years ago. How could they not be more prepared to combine the infrastructure from both of these things? Like, none of those stadiums could have been multi purpose stadiums. Like, I don't know. It's baffling to me. So, quick, quick trivia question. The venue where they're playing uh, the Olympic rugby venue is doubling up as a venue for another, uh, another sport. What sport is it? I'm going to go equestrian. And that would be correct. In fact, technically it's too, because they're also doing some equestrian stuff for the modern pentathlon. But yes, equestrian. And that goes back way back in the old days, because if you talk to an older New Zealand guy and he starts talking about rugby, he'll say about a player who can get around the paddock. And the reason he says that is because when they started playing rugby many, many, many years ago in rugby, they played on farms. So they actually <laughs> played in paddocks. So uh, that's why they call it the paddock. And so we're going to go back to the paddock. Uh, so... Here we've got um, uh, we've got two two events here. We've got women. We've got men. Um, the the you know it's it's funny to see that you know NBC is going to be showing the men way more than the women. Uh, you know, fine. Um, I, I think a lot of fans of the women's game not happy about that. First question, and and I I, I asked Mike Friday about this on a podcast, and he answered it directly. I was not able to ask Richie Walker about this. We were supposed to talk, and then he wasn't able to. He was quote unquote busy. I don't know what he was busy with. But uh, women start the game on August sixth. The opening ceremonies are August fifth. Bruce, do you let your women's team march in the opening ceremonies if they're playing the next day? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Why? Because it's part of the Olympic experience, and <clears throat> they'll regret it forever if they don't, and you'll regret it forever for not letting them do it. They're well-conditioned athletes. They'll be mentally and physically ready to go, and if they're not, they, I, I would give them the option. If they didn't want to do it because they didn't, it felt it would hurt their performance, I would say, okay, that's fine. But... If someone wanted to march in those opening ceremonies and bring their iPod or what iPad, whatever the hell they would do to, you know, make little videos or stuff, these are lifelong memories. And and the thing is, in order to have somebody perform at their level, the level that you want them to do, you kind of want to take all the stress out of it. They, I would not make them stress. They can have their own decision. If they choose to do it, then they're allowed to do it. And if they don't choose to do it, then that's fine too. I would, I would have zero problem with them doing it either way. Whatever they felt was best for them, they would do it. If they felt like doing it as a team, great. If they don't want to do it as a team, fine. And I wouldn't have any, no issue. That's their own. That would be their choice. Because it, it's a, you, you can't stress people out unnecessarily. You know, it's, it, that's, that's a very interesting point. Because I, I mean, you know, my first reaction was to say no. That you don't do it, partly, you know, they're playing at 9 a.m. the next day against Fiji. And if you lose that game, you're thinking, oh, man, you know, if I, I didn't have them up late, 
uh, going through the opening ceremonies. But at the same time, <coughs> the way this this uh, the way this is going to work is that you can still um, you still make the quarterfinals even if you're placed third um, in in two of the pools. Two of the third place teams still make it. Um, you there's a lot of margin for error on the first day, so maybe. Maybe it's more important to say, yeah, let's be let's be Olympians. Let's go march. Let's go walk. What do you think, Pat? No, I agree. I think that you let them enjoy that experience. I, I just don't think, uh, <clears throat> yeah, obviously sleep is a big important part of uh, getting ready to play. And God, as a college coach, that is uh, one of the harder things to drill into your players. But, uh, no, I, I definitely let them do it. Um, you know, the Fijians, at least the men, you know, they're drinking kava from day one to day two. You think they're not going to show up to the to the right. opening ceremony? Of course they are. So well, I, I don't you know, think it, they much advantage. I think you let them do it, have, have a good time, and um, you roll the dice the next day. You know, I, I thought it was fun uh, looking at the closing ceremonies, a couple of pictures from the closing ceremonies of the uh, Maccabea games. And I was just flipping through all these pictures, and then suddenly there's a picture of uh, – Max Levine uh, from Middlebury and Zach Test, right, in the picture. And it was really cool to just recognize those guys because I know those guys. And, and I think it's going to be – that's one of those things that's going to be really great for rugby fans is to watch that opening ceremony stuff and watch the people walk through. And then suddenly you just – like all these different countries, you start recognizing players. And then you recognize your own USA players. And, you know, how great is it going to be to see, like, Captain Caveman Danny Barrett walking behind that flag? You know, I just think it's going to be terrific to see that. And it's be fun for the fans as well. Um, okay, well, here, uh, the, the women, we don't cover women's rugby a lot. You guys don't follow it a lot. That's fine. I think the, the women's team being in the, in the Olympics uh, warrants us saying something. Um, USA opens up, they've not been playing super well, but, um, it is worth knowing that really on the down low, under the radar, they played in this, uh, non-World Series international tournament in London and won it and beat, uh, France and they beat Spain and they beat, uh, the Maple Leafs in the final, they beat Canada in the final, um, and then moved the whole team around and went to, to play in the World Series tournament in France and did really poorly. Um, I think Richie Walker was kind of keeping as many cards close to his vest as possible. I still think they have some problems, but anyway, Saturday, August 6, 9 a.m. Uh, they uh, 9 a.m. I, I believe that's Pacific time. I want to say Pacific time. Uh, they play uh, Fiji, and then 2:30 uh, uh, p.m. they play uh, 2 2 p.m. Sorry, they play Colombia, and on Colombia is Natalie Marchino, who played for the USA and then switched countries. Uh, and then on uh, Sunday, they play Australia, which is a game that that's going to be real tough for them. I kind of feel like they have a puncher's chance, to use one of Bruce's uh, comments. Um, I don't know what you guys think, because if you look at the results, the results aren't pretty. What are you hearing? You know, if you're hearing anything, what do you think? Well, the reality is, they ha- I mean, they have a puncher's chance because, like the men, they have a lot of freaking athletes. I mean... There, Alev Kelter is one of the biggest specimens on the entire in the entire world in women's sevens. Um, you know, Bowie Bervalala is also a complete load. They've got speed. 
Um, so, you know, they, you know, J- Jessica Javelin might be, you know, I don't know where she ranks in the fastest in the world, but she's right up there. So they have athletes. Uh, the problem is, you know, if, if you think Friday with two years has had the chance to really, you know, cook a brisket low and slow and perfect it, uh, you know, Richie's working with like, you know, one of those top chef things where you got to make like a beef Wellington in 12 minutes with a microwave because he hasn't been around for very long and right. he hasn't had very many competitions with this team. Team has been through a blender in terms of coaching and turmoil and this and that. So if, if they're able to do it, it'll be quite the impressive story. Um, so they, they, I think they're definitely probably using that underdog mentality and hopefully it works to their, uh, works to their advantage and, and the way the pool breaks down, they, I think they're in a very similar spot with the men. Um, if they finish second in their pool, they're going to have a really tough draw. Um, if they finish third in their pool, there's a 50-50 chance they're going to have to play Australia again. And they have not done very well against Australia. So um, getting to the quarters is a very doable task. Getting past the quarters might be more of a dubious task. Bruce, you got anything to add to that? Uh, I wish them luck. <clears throat> and Pete Steinberg's in, in the mix um, as a coach, so... He would know a lot of the players through everything, so I'm, I'm sure that he's able to feed Richie Walker what he needs to be able to make things work. And, and again, I, I don't know a ton about them. Is, is Nick Johnson's sister on the team? That's correct. Yes, Catherine. Nick Johnson from Minnesota, not uh, Nick Johnson from Utah. Nick Johnson from Minnesota. He would have been uh, – he would have been uh, – he, he was an unbelievable player. It's just, you know, just – Nothing. He's just a little bit undersized, but man. then I would I would say that good luck to everybody, and I think it's going to be fun, and and I hope they do well. And that's I don't know enough about them to. Um, I did see them play here in Olympia when they did some training. Uh, by the way, you know USA Rugby didn't tell me about it, even though they were training in my hometown. I had to find out about it through social media, but um, uh, and thanks for that. They they looked actually really they looked really good. I mean they looked comfortable. The they split up the teams. Uh, you know they had two teams there, and I asked Walker, "Is this an, an A team and a B team?" And he said, "Basically yes, except I've got a couple of A guys with the B team to make sure they don't completely fall apart." Um, and th- they looked all right. Uh, I think that they're prone to mistakes when they think that oh, my God, we need to score a try right now on this movement. Um, and they sometimes treat being tackled like a defeat when it's just another aspect of play. So if they settle down like that, I think uh, I think they'll be good. I think they will be good in the air. Catherine Johnson, Jillian Potter, uh, uh, Carmen Farner um, uh, are really good in the air. And um, I, I think I agree with you, Pat. I think Alev Kelter is a very good player. So all they need to do, though, and we talk, we'll talk about this with the men, too, is win that quarterfinal. Once you win that quarterfinal, you've got two shots at a medal. So, you know, it's, it's there. It's there because sevens is unpredictable enough that they might be able to do it. You know what Katherine Johnson looks to me like? You could take the rugby uniform away and you could put, like, a pioneer woman's outfit on her. And she'd be like one of those, take no prisoners, uh, you know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to haul the wagon up the hill myself kind of pioneer women. She's got that hard, that hard-edged face about her and looks like she, she could walk from Minnesota to San Diego, 
with a t- team of mules without any problem. Yeah, I thought you were going to say she could have played like a young Dr. Quinn Medicine woman. No, you see, I think, really. I think she would have put the beat down on the young Dr. Quinn Medicine woman. Maybe, maybe Mrs. Ingalls. <laughs> maybe she could be like Mrs. Ingalls, only tougher. Although yeah, not, I mean, I, I think that, yeah, that's a... Um, it's meant as a compliment. It's meant as, you know, as, as this iconic... Uh, I don't know. My brother I'm sure she'd love to know that you think she has a, a hard-edged pioneer woman's face. I, I, I think she would take that as a compliment. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Good, good. Well, all right. Well, let's look at the men's team. And, and you know, there's some selection questions. We sort of talked about it a little bit, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, is, it, is it so far to say it's odd? We, we, we took it apart a little bit last time, but maybe you want to revisit it. I, I'm, I'm still wondering how Martin Iosefo doesn't make that team. Um, kind of, kind of not sure, you know. And I'm still wondering how Nate Augsburg doesn't make that team. Um, maybe that's not the question I should be asking. Maybe my question I should be asking is how do they win with the twelve guys they've got? Well, look, I think Nate Friday did a pretty good job in explaining why Nate's not on the team. If a scrum half goes down, uh, first off, there's only two games every day, right? So worst case scenario, a scrum half goes down at any point and can't play the rest of the day, and is done with injury which is really the only way Nate Oxford was ever going to get on the field, if we're being honest, is if Madison Hughes went down. Then, worst-case scenario for a game or a game and a half, Flowney was playing scrum half and Chris Wiles was playing fly half. And then they can bring on Oxford or Sean Sinula, whichever one ends up being the traveling reserve. So because they have that extra traveling reserve that they get to take, it's a calculated risk that I, I think is pretty smart. Well, I, no, I, I think that's a good point that that New uh, can play scrum half, does play scrum half, and Wiles can step in as first receiver pretty easily, probably. Right. And I think the other thing, they only play two games a day. Yeah, I that's mean, right. This, <laughs> the reality is that you don't have to worry, you don't have to, I don't think you have to be as, have so many contingency plans in each position. So if they feel like they need to throw Nate Ebner in to, to knock somebody's head off or run over somebody to give them point, they can do that. If they feel they need to have Chris Wiles, that they're allowed because of the roster and the way it works down and the fact they only put two, two games a day and you have that 13th man, you can, you can kind of have some guys who are specialty guys. All right. What about, uh, you know, what about out wide then? So what did Friday have to say about, you know, you know, I, I guess Martin I said, he talked about this on the podcast, Martin Iosefo, Maka Anufe, you could have both of them. You, maybe you only need one of them. I think that, uh, look, Yosefo's good, but we, I've, from my observation, he disappears at times, too. When he's really good, you're like, wow, he's really good. But he, he has a tendency to disappear. And, uh, you know, my, my best guess here is, uh, well, first off, I, I kind of wrote about this. I think, I think he picked a team that can win it all. He didn't pick a, a safety by any means. When Maka Nufe is really at his top level, and Yosefo's bet at his top level, I'm taking Anufe every day of the week. Why if Wiles is really, really humming, taking suddenly. Oh, sorry, <laughs> you're on a roll. I'm same sorry, thing with Wiles. You know, same thing with Wiles. Um, you know, and if 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 Ebner and look, I do, I do believe that he picked Ebner because he believes Ebner is good enough to help them win. I don't think he picked them for any publicity reason or anything else. If Ebner is as good as we know his physical ability could make him be, then. You know, he's, he's a home run hitter. So I think that they went out 
there, there are Martin Yusefos all over the world. When you're new face playing at his best ability, there are, there's probably, you know, I don't know if there's another new face in the world. And I think you'd say the same thing about Wiles and Ebner in terms of sevens. I mean, Wiles has got to be the most accomplished 15s player outside of Sonny Bill Williams in the entire Olympics. So they could put him out on the wing if they want to go big. They can put him in the center if they don't. They can put him at fly half if they, if they want to mix things up too. Uh, I don't like the selections at all, but I, I think that the selections <clears throat> were not meant to win. <clears throat> I think that the selections were meant to save Mike, Friday, Mike Friday's job, and that's the way I look at it. I think that he took Chris Wiles, hasn't played, rugby, he hasn't played seven in six or seven years. And he took Nate Ebner, who has not played rugby in many years. And even when he was playing rugby, wasn't playing, you know, it, he was doing it at a college level, which is completely different. And and that, that's not to say that he's not a tremendous athlete. And then Carlin Isles, you, you don't get a budgeted performance from him. You don't know what you're going to get. You're getting hit or miss. So he's got to hit three home runs. He's got got two playmakers. He's got Falau and Madison. You're allowed to use one reserve on, in the tournament, period. So I think it was so basically it was like, hey, I took the fastest player in world rugby. We don't have the athletes. I took the guy who's the premiership guy and you know, so if they win, great. And, and I don't think that they're, they're gonna Based on, I hope that they do. I wish that they do, and I'm, but I don't think that they're gonna. Based on that, they're taking a guy who's had a lot of injuries in Bender, and and in Isles, you're getting a guy who hasn't necessarily had great performances and has had some serious problems. So Who would you take over Isles? I'm not. I'm just. I'm just telling you. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to. If, gonna sit if there. not these guys, then who? Maybe I. Maybe you could say I took two cups of the of the Kool Aid and and chugged them, and I'd hey. be guilty of that. That's fine, but Pat. I don't know what wing you could consider taking over Isles. Pat, I wouldn't have Isles on the team. That's it. I'm not saying, like I'm saying, I wouldn't have Isles on the team. That's me. I'm like. Again, I'm not there on a day-to-day basis, but like that's it. So it's easy for Friday to say, "Hey, I took the NFL athlete." I did, like, okay, like Jared Hayne is one of the best rugby league players in the world, and his highlight reel is money. As good of a highlight reel, if not better, than anything Sonny Bill has. Didn't get selected by Fiji. He played seven for about 15 minutes before the selections just, were made. I'm just saying. Ebner played for six months. Isles played for five years. Brian, Brian Habana Habana played, Habana played two tournaments, dipped his toe in. The only people who made it that are coming from, like, Wiles is the exception, right? Wiles is the exception, and I'll, I'll hear that exception. But Ebner played more sevens than Habana. Uh, this, this, this season, he played more sevens than Habana. Okay, he played more sevens than Nick Cummins. He played more sevens than Jared Hayne. He played right. more sevens than Quade Cooper. And Nate Ebner came into the fold in March. Right. So and, if and that's the case, these guys, they didn't take it seriously. Bennett didn't take it seriously. Cooper didn't take it seriously. Neither did Hayne. 
okay, then I'm not saying that they. So then Nate Ebner is a better rugby player than Brian Habana. Quite cool. <laughs> no. He is. I'm sure South Africa is a better team than the United States. <laughs> Brian Habana would have made the Eagle team. I, I promise Pat, you that. Pat, let me finish. Brian Habana, Liam Messam, uh, Jared Hain, and who, who's the other guy I mentioned? Brian Habana, Liam Messam, and Jared. They would have made the Eagles in, in a second. Yeah. If they, they were today, if they were available today, he would make sure there were four injuries. But the teams they were trying out for were not the Eagles. I think you have to remember who we are. Yes. Do, are we a, medical ten, a medal contender? Yes. Did we finish sixth in the world the last two times? Yes. But I, I think we have a puncher's chance to, to win the damn thing. We've beaten everybody in there that, we, that would I'm, be I'm, in front of us. All right? Now, we're, we're a big underdog, but a puncher's chance. Okay? But at the same time, we're also the team that goes out and throws the ball out of bounds every, every once in a while. We throw it over somebody's head every once in a while. It's not like there were five or six or seven rugby players that make every pass, make every tackle, make the right decision every time, who these guys you're talking about got picked over. I'm Nate Augsburger has been the backup scrum half. I mean, I've got about as many starts in the last year and a half on the World 7 Series as he does, even though he's been the backup. So there's a reason he doesn't ever play. All right, then he might be the second best actually scrum half on the team, but there may be a big gap between where he is. That's fine. I, to- I, 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 I totally respect your opinion, and I totally respect the fact of mine. I, I get it, and I'm not. It's, it's, I understand it. The fact of the matter is, that's not what I would have done. Yeah. Okay, you talk about fitness, and and so I just think that if that's the case. If Wiles is going to be a playmaker in sevens, then and he's going to be your third playmaker, then you're you're really putting him in a in a spot that's going to be difficult. That's it. I'm I'm saying they haven't gone into seven series where they've been successful with two playmakers. They've taken three, and and maybe I'm right or I'm wrong. Or I. No, I, I, I think I think your point is is well taken, Bruce. It is by me anyway. I mean, I mean, even if you look and say these guys are great, every single person is a great player. Uh, this is a different team than the one that played in uh, in the World Series. It, they took three halfbacks every single time, except once they took four. Uh, but that that fourth was uh, Peter Tiberio, who was a scrum half slash wing. Uh, they. The, you know, you look at it and, and see that when Carlin Isles wasn't available because he ran track or was hurt, the team actually did just fine. And in fact, Perry Baker, given 14 minutes a game to play, made the all-star team for the entire World Series. And you look at when Nate Ebner was on the team and their, their performance dipped when he played for them and maybe that maybe that's luck maybe that's bad luck it has to do with all kinds of other factors nothing to do with Nate Ebner but but his plus minus wasn't great so the the question is is this slightly different conglomeration of players more forwards uh, uh fewer backs your tweeners being a little bit more uh on the big side and your your number three playmaker guy being someone who has not played in can play anywhere we know chris wiles can play anywhere in the back line 15s um but somebody who hasn't played a ton of sevens 
of late, and when he played at the Olympic qualifiers a little bit more than a year ago, was a late game sub, and that was pretty much it. Um, made a couple of really nice plays, but it was a late game sub. So the, it's sort of a question. This isn't the team that you just formulated in like October and worked your way through. That was a team that they made changes to, and then right at the end, we made a couple of other big changes. And someone like me, it makes me nervous. Hey, look, I'm just saying, chopping and changing a team, and 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 making selections like this late in the day when you need cohesion, you need to have a team that plays together and understands each other. And maybe they're going to be amazing. Maybe they're going to be amazing. I hope that they're going to be amazing. I don't necessarily see it based on what they did. I think that the selections reeked of desperation and also reeked of, hey, I, I picked the fastest guy in rugby, okay? But he's not the best player, and he's very inconsistent. So inconsistency gets you beat. It gets you beat. So, okay, so you put a guy on there who gets you beat. Then you got Nate Ebner, who's a, you know, a very good football player, obviously, and he's used to playing on the big crowds, and that, and that's great. And but I'm not putting Carl Lewis in the wrestling arena, and I'm not taking guys and I'm putting them in a different sport, thinking they're going to get. And it, and it, and if they do get a medal out of it, it cheapens the medals for everybody else. These athletes who bust their ass their entire freaking lives, and they work toward like being within a tenth of a second of winning a medal or, you know, fighting their balls off to win two-to-one in a wrestling match or some kind of nonsense like that, like, or, like, to win a swimming match by one, what was it? Phelps won one of the gold medals by one one-hundredth of a second in one of those medallies? Yeah. Somebody can just rock up and be like, oh, yeah, I used to play in the NFL. I played rugby a while ago, and, you know, but now I'm an Olympian and I'm going to win a medal. Come on, let's first off, talking about it. Like, you guys, you guys love age grade rugby. It's like, it's like your favorite thing. He did it for years. He played in the freaking Junior World Cup. The guy did all that stuff. It's not like he never played rugby or he played on his high school team. The guy devoted the first, you know, third of his athletic life to it. Then went and played football for a while to become a millionaire. And then you know what? He took a pretty big risk in going in and asking Bill Belichick if he could skip training camp to chase a dream. And he went and he worked his ass off for six months. That's not a cheap victory for him. Wiles has been a servant of American rugby for years. And he worked his ass off to do the same. That's not a cheap victory for him. So no one's getting stolen thing anything stolen from him in this election. Wait, stop putting words in my mouth, period. Okay? Cut the shit. Stop doing it. Number one. That's that is straight on. Where were you going with that? I, I, I thought we were I talking said, rugby. I thought you that, were, I thought you were I didn't say drawing anything. a line between said, the guy who... I never said anything about Wiles not being a great servant of American rugby. Wiles hasn't played sevens in a long time, and he is, based on this list, the only option as third playmaker, and that would mean that he hasn't... He's been playing in the Heineken Cup and, and the Aviva Premiership Championship up until pretty late in May. And so he's had uh, two months to get himself ready to be a playmaker in the Olympics. It's a difficult thing to do. I'm not saying he can't do it. What I was saying is Ebner has played in big crowds. And he is a 
obviously a world-class athlete. And he has played rugby, and he did play rugby at age grades and all that stuff, but he hasn't played rugby in a long time. And Wiles hasn't played rugby sevens in a long time. And to, to go in and say that they're going to be able to do they're used to doing things in front of big crowds, and I think that's an important component. But I think it was a play-safe thing for, like, Mike Friday, if, if it goes, if, it, if, if they win a medal, then he's the king, and da-da-da-da, and he resigns a big contract here or gets something somewhere else. If he doesn't, he says, look, I put the fastest guy, I got the athletes, I got an NFL player, I did everything that you would tick all the boxes to say I did this, and it didn't work. We're not skilled enough. We're not good enough. We need younger players, and I'll get you there. And then he saved his job that way. But he certainly didn't select to win. He selected a lottery ticket. He didn't select it, people. It, it's, it, that's he interesting. It's, got you there. it's an interesting idea, the, the, you know, sort of disassociated from it, but the, the idea that you select what is, in one sense, a risk, but in the other sense is playing it safe. As you're saying, you know, it, it's a risk. For us, we're looking at this team and saying, "Wow, there's there are some unknown elements of this." Or, you know, as Bruce, you were saying about Carlin Isles being kind of an inconsistent player. So, you know, you what you what you gain on the swings, you lose on the roundabouts, kind of thing with him. You know, he'll he'll score a try from 90 meters and then give up one. Um, that that's a risk. But at the same time, you're you're saying, and I think it's an interesting idea, the idea that it is safe because you know, you look and say you you had a guy who won a Super Bowl and you didn't put him on the team. You had a guy who won a, a European Cup and, and a Premiership Cup and, and was captain of the Sevens team and and you know poise out out the yin yang. You you didn't pick him, so I could see it. I can see the the pressure there. I asked him about the pressure and he said he didn't feel any pressure to do that. I you know it's kind of hard to really just you know take that answer a hundred percent at face value. Um, you know, maybe he believes it, but the pressure's still there. I, look, to, to, to insinuate that Mike Friday is on any way, shape, or form in a position where he needs to think about saving his job is, is absolutely laughable. I mean, look, the guy has done over the moon better than anybody in the history of American rugby, uh, men's rugby, in 7th or 15th. There's no 15th American coach who's ever done better than what he's done with the 7th team. There's no 7th coach who's ever done it either. The only one who could claim they did was the, whoever coached the women to the 91 World Cup. I mean, the guy's, the, the guy's job is in no way, shape, or form in jeopardy. If Simon Amor's actually on the hot seat in England, if he gets fired after the Olympics, the first call they make is to Mike Friday. He doesn't need to worry about saving his job. I mean, that's a ridiculous notion. But, look, I think what they did here is the reality is in the game of 7s, it, if, if the game's going to be decided by two tries, it's your starters who decide it. Those seven guys decide it. Wiles isn't going to start unless somebody gets hurt, and neither is Edner. And Isles probably isn't going to start either. We saw that in the first half of the World Series tournament when he was available. Perry Baker was starting over him. So what he did is, he's got, I've got starters. I feel pretty good about my starters. i got a lot of specialist pinch hitters, a lot of specialist middle relievers that I can bring in for that one inning or for that one at bat if I need it. And so that's what he loaded up with. The worst-case scenario is he plays a game and a half with only two playmakers instead of one extra one on the bench. Then he brings that reserve in. And unless that reserve gets injured too, which is lightning striking twice, that gamble is going to pay off. So you guys might disagree with that gamble. I like it. And, I, and, 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 there's, and there's nothing wrong with what you 
just said, again, it's a gamble. As I said, it's a lottery ticket because he went without a budgeted performance and he went with a team that hasn't played together much and they don't have a ton of cohesion. And they haven't had a ton of time to prepare to get themselves ready and especially going through these last couple weeks in selection. It's been, it's been difficult because there's been a lot of stuff going on. Now, hey, again, it's going to be great. It, the Olympics, it's going to be amazing to see see how they do and see if they can win. The they have a, a pool with Brazil, you know, basically a patsy as you know they, they won the repercharge by you know um, oh Brazil is the uh, they didn't win they they they're, they're, they're as hosts right Brazil. they're as host nation yeah so basically they're I mean if if we can lose to Brazil twice in a year then you know <laughs> then we have then we have a complete miracle on our hands. So well, I, can I, can I, can I just po- can I just jump in with two things? First of all, uh, Pat, that would be uh, Kevin O'Brien um, and Chris Kevin Leach. O'Brien. Kevin O'Brien and Chris Leach were the World Cup coach. Uh, and then uh, 2011 Pan Am Games, USA played Brazil and they tied 1919. And uh, they almost lost to him, and and almost didn't make the quarterfinals. One, one, one of the that USA team couldn't hold the jock of this USA team. Well, no, I I, I agree, but but it, they did have Blaine Scully, and they had Maka Nufe, and a couple of other really good players on it. There's Zach Test on it, but it's not as good as this team. That's correct. But well, it's, one, it's a lesson about taking team opponents lightly and expecting to win. Well, one one of the things also is it you know this is the Olympics. And the referees are the referees. And Brazil's the host nation. Now, we open up, I believe, against Argentina, who we're ranked above. So, you know, we and, and it, look, Friday selected X Factor. I disagree with it. That's just my, my opinion is go with budgeted performance, go with cohesion, go with people you know. Go, that, that's how I would do things. That, but that, that's my method of doing it. It's not everybody's method. You know, some guys select for, you know, they just say, we can win, give me the athlete, and I'll make him the man. I say, give me the man, and I'll, you know, try to put him in a team. That's my that that's my way of doing it. It's, just, it's, it's two different philosophies. X factor, it matters, but, you know, give me, I, I, want, I, want, I want guys that you can rely on, and that, that's what I would go for first. Not to say that, my, you know, I'm certainly not saying that Wiles is not reliable and Ebner is, like, Ebner's a, you know, he's a football player who's now playing right. He's a rugby player, football player, but he hasn't played in a while. And Wiles really hasn't played in a while. And Isles, I just don't think is, I don't think Isles is, is, um, is the guy that you want on the team. It, it, for, you know, and that's just my opinion. But, and it, but if they all, if everything, if lightning strikes in a bottle, freaking great. Lightning usually doesn't strike in a bottle. That's why they have the saying: catch lightning in a bottle. There's not many people catch lightning in a bottle. And if you go out trying to catch lightning in a bottle, you might get lightning in your freaking head. So uh, U- US- USA is on uh, uh, against Argentina nine nine a.m. Eastern against NB uh, on NBC Sports and then uh, at two p.m. Eastern on CNBC against Brazil and then the next day nine thirty a.m. Eastern on USA Network against Fiji. This is actually a very tough pool, I think, because they lost to Argentina last time they played them in France. They got blown out. 
Um, if you listen to the podcast where Friday talked to me, uh, it was all about the food the day before. But the, the issue is that Argentina is really good, and when they're, they're on their game, they're very, very good. They defend extremely well, and they put a few wrinkles that other people don't put in there. And this is about as close to a home Olympics as they're going to get. And you, you don't think that they're going to put everything into this? So that game against Argentina, that's not going to be fun at all. Brazil, they have nothing to lose, everything to gain. They'll be jacked up. They'll have played Fiji already, but who cares? They're going to play the, you know, the hated uh, uh, evil empire United States. Uh, so, so it could be. Let, let's say they go one and one, and, I, and, and you can get away with being one and two again. You can get top eight. But they're one and one, and they go in to play Fiji first thing uh, on Wednesday morning. You know, it's not going to be hard. Uh, not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun. It's uh, you, you look at some of the other games that some teams have, how South Africa's got Spain and France. Um, this is a very tough draw for them. And, uh, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to take everything for them. They have two teams that they're ranked above. It doesn't – well, it, yeah, but Argentina uh, – you know, Argentina can come through and get them. And, and, I, mean, I, and I think so- especially if they're slow on defense and if they're not cohesive and they miss some tackles – you know they're they're in trouble. Argentina has. Didn't Argentina finished fifth this year. Or do I have that wrong? I think they actually finished me, a spot ahead of the USA. I could be wrong. I could be wrong too. So, I thought Argentina was ranked below. Them. Just Maybe one were the prior year. Uh, Argentina fifth, uh, USA sixth. The difference is two points. One hundred nineteen points. One hundred seventeen. Is how it works. So uh, yeah, they're they're ranked below Argentina, um, but um, they outperformed Argentina one, two, three, four, five times um, during the season. They're pretty much equal. But the thing is, their their relationship is not equal. It always seems like one team blows out the other, one way or the other. It, it's just it's. So I was wrong on that, and and so they're they're relatively equal teams, and like they have a team that's drastically ranked below them, and they have a team equal to them, and they have Fiji, who's a, a great team, and that, and that's always going to be a difficult ask. They got to win the first two games. Yeah, so if they, they win the if first. They don't game. make the quarterfinals. This is an abject failure. It's a dumpster fire. If they don't make the quarterfinals. If they don't the make the news is they, a dumpster fire, I like that. If they don't make the, the quarter, is, it's almost. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they're going to make the quarterfinals. If they don't make the, the bad news is they finish second. They're going to play probably New Zealand, and if they squeak in as the third place team, it's a fifty-fifty shot of having to play Fiji again in the quarterfinals. So if they're going to medal, they almost. They almost need to win the pool. You know, they probably do, but but you look at it this way also. Australia, South Africa, Great Britain, New Zealand, Fiji. Two of those teams for sure aren't getting medals. This is this is not easy, right? And and the United States, I think it's fair to say that they considering that they've had top 3 finishes uh, including a tournament win the last uh, year and a half or so. That they have a legitimate desire to you know and expectation to get there. Great, but you know the, the, they could beat New Zealand. They could lose to Argentina. Is that crazy? Sure. And Great Britain, who knows? I mean, is Great Britain? Great Britain has a mixture British team, which I'm glad they do. 
Um, I don't. I don't think that England played well enough to have the right to have everybody on their team be English. But how are they playing together? We don't know. I mean, they play, They they yeah, open their about tournament. They open their tournament against Kenya. Kenya could beat them. Completely love to see poor people playing for them. I want nations that have no money playing for medals. That would be hysterical. It'd be great. Fiji's never won a medal in any sport. What? Fiji has never won a medal in any sport, so it'd be pretty cool. Really? Yeah, right. Um, not even, not even like weightlifting. Well, I'm, I'm gonna bet right now that they're gonna win one here. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a safe bet. You know, they're gonna win one here, and and if they're good enough not to take Jared Hayne, you know, like I said, he'd be on the U.S. tomorrow morning. Not a doubt in my mind. He'd be on the U.S. tomorrow morning. As would Brian. Hain, I think may, may also have a couple coconuts loose because this guy said that he was quoted recently as saying that the reason he left the NFL was because they don't he doesn't get enough playing time. Which I, I guess I get that maybe you're getting bored. We don't have a B team or a lower side for you to play on. But I thought I mean it's a pretty big paycheck, and I'm, I'm guessing quite a bit bigger paycheck for him if he sticks in it than he was making in the NRL. So. Yeah, he, was, he, was on, out. he was on minimum in the in the NFL. He um hey look. Again, it's the same thing. Jared Hayne played another game and he went to the NFL. Like, dude, are you kidding it's, me? It's very difficult to, to be switch. a special team yeah. player. That's it. You're not gonna be anything else. You're not uh, gonna go I don't know. I have an autographed helmet, uh mini helmet of Christian Akoye, the Nigerian nightmare. Oh yeah, I mean play uh Football until he was like 22 and in college, which was yeah. Zusa Pacific to run track. Had never played football, and then he played. So yeah, and you know, and Lawrence Taylor didn't play till he was 17. And there's a lot of people who haven't started playing a sport until they were a certain age. What I'm saying, Jared Hayne is what 25, 26, and you know, Christian Okoye was great. He was for three. I get years. your point. I basically just wanted to um, boast about my Christian Akori. That is pretty cool. That, that is actually was, very. I'm going to make a lot of people cool. That I, I think it's good. Uh, uh, United States and Argentina have played 29 times. Argentina has won 18 of them, including their last meeting in Paris. Argentina won 36 nothing uh, in that game, and uh, before that, the last time. Uh, hold on one second. Before that, they they played in Hong Kong in April, and USA won twenty six fourteen. Who played in the game uh, in Paris? The lineup was Barrett, Bender, Pinkelman, Hughes, Niua, Baker, Iosefo. So they just and this was where and, and who was on the bench? Augsburger, Palamo, Test, Unufe, and Ebner. And uh, and. Mike Friday said people weren't happy with the food. They didn't eat dinner. Um, I think they, they topped themselves up with Cheetos, and that was that was a deal. They just weren't ready to play. Um, inter- interesting uh, assessment from from Mike, but they just they just didn't show up in that game. It was the opening hey, for what, game for them. In for what Paris. it's worth, I know that this is, and I'm sure that you know that, that that's a big reason. Lawrence Taylor used to demand that rookies bring donuts to the pregame. Neil, and for what it's worth, I, and and I'm not I'm not I'm not judging anybody. He was a pretty good football player. M- maybe maybe not to the level of 
what Mike Friday expects, but he was pretty effing good and eating jelly donuts. All right, so let's see. What have we have we settled on how we think the Eagles are going to do here? Do you think they can? But we don't have a definitive uh, shot. I think they should go two and one, based on that. You know what the selections say. You know they're gonna they're gonna they're rolling the dice. They got to go two and one. I don't think they're gonna be Fiji, but they go two and one. Then you're in with a puncher's chance. Anything can happen in a semifinal, quarterfinal. A couple injuries, dehydration, dysentery. Somebody gets that. Well, well, they're going to be okay because they're they're inland the, on the nice pasture. You know, the horses aren't there yet, um, so they won't be getting horse Ebola, whatever it is. Um, at least they're not sailing or swimming. Well, maybe the New Zealanders won't like the food, and they'll just eat right. Cheetos and, before you know, the and, quarterfinal. And then it'll, then they'll blame the cook. Oh, did I? I didn't go there. Can I just say, of all the countries, to, <laughs> wouldn't be the last time New Zealand blamed the cooks. Of all the countries to skip a meal, or all the cities, I'm not doing it in Paris. Frank. I'm. I'm still not sure exactly what they were served that they didn't like. But uh, you know, come on, man. Right, we we've gone long enough that. Yeah. Oh well, of course they are. All right. So yep. we're we're not uh, we're not gutsy enough to be able to play in the Olympics, nor are we even gutsy enough to make predictions in the Olympics. Although Bruce kind of made a prediction. Think they? We think the USA can do it. We don't know. There's there you go. There's the gutsy thing. We don't know. Don't forget to check out Rugged Matrix International on RuggedMatrix.com. Rugged Matrix America is also on that website. You can also check out the shows on. Golf Rugby Report, go G-O-F-F, Rugby Report, forward slash tags, forward slash Rugamatrix dash America, and you will get all the shows there. You can check us out on iTunes. You can check us out on Facebook and Twitter, and possibly on, like, the Bat Signal as well. Uh, We're brought to you by Eagle Impact Rugby Academy. Thanks to Pat. Thanks to Bruce. Always, you guys are awesome, and I don't say it enough how much I enjoy doing this show with you. I love doing this show with you, and thanks, of course, for listening to Rugga Matrix America. How about that?